Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, the show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I am the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. We've got another episode of Carpool Rugby League coming your way. Um, Graham and Griffo on board uh, with you this evening. Uh, as we're recording this, it's Wednesday evening. We're 24 hours away from the uh, the start of round four. And um, I'll tell you what, Griffo, there's plenty to talk about. We've got a stacked show. We've got, um, you know, talk about last week, some big judiciary news um all of the um latest team changes going into round four and uh yeah there's there's a lot going on in rugby league and we're really starting to to find out um which teams are surprising us which teams are serious and which teams have a bit of work to do i think you've summed that up very well graham there have been some surprises uh there are teams with work to do and what was the other one um Who's going well? Oh, who's going well? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, in some cases, the ones that are going well are the ones that have surprised us. Well, that's um, true because we've got we do have some some big games coming up this week that uh, five weeks ago we probably wouldn't have circled on the calendar for no. the same reasons we are now. I agree. I agree. There is. Uh, so on the top of the table clash, in fact, uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, but uh, yeah, lots to look forward to this weekend, including a grand final rematch that hasn't got quite as much publicity as uh, as what's going on in Brisbane. No. But understandably so. Understandably so. Yeah, and 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 Parramatta, obviously, one of those teams that. Have, uh, have a lot to prove. So we'll talk about, obviously, the grand final rematch, which we're only 24 hours away. That big, um, well, Brisbane, the first Brisbane derby, I suppose, it is what's going to be dubbed between the Dolphins and Broncos. Um, we'll also talk about how the Storm are going to go with their injury woes and suspensions now impacting as well. There's another all-Queensland affair with the Cowboys and Titans. Um, plenty of, there's, there's plenty of, um, you know, sort of, uh, rivalry matchups this week, I suppose you'd say. We've got the Dragons and Sharks. And um, one of the games that we're going to see um, involving old rivals on Saturday night uh, is the Rabbitohs taking on the Seagulls. Now, this game's going to be very important specifically for the Rabbitohs, Griffo, because they'll be um, paying tribute to the great John Sattler, who um, unfortunately passed away aged 80 earlier on in the week. That they will, and um, it's it's it is sort of ironic. That I mean, it's you know terrible thing. Um, uh, uh, a legend of the game, and you're going to give us uh, a lot of info shortly. Mm. Um, but it, it's sort of ironic that that Souths are playing Manly this week because uh, you know uh, best remembered uh, on the field. For the 1970 Grand Final against Manly, where uh, his jaw was broken by, I think the gentleman's name was Jeff Bucknell. Um, 
in a deliberate uh, punch or elbow. Um, and, of course, South went on to win that game. Um, it was a little bit before my time. Uh, I never saw John Sattler play. I, I, he was still playing when I sort of started watching rugby league, but um, he'd moved on from the Rabbit Toves to play in the, uh, the Queensland or the Brisbane competition as it was then. Um, so I didn't actually see play. I've only seen the footage that uh, that many of our listeners would have seen. Yeah, and 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 really, a lot of people also of the younger generation may also um, be well aware that uh, his son Scott Sattler also um, written into rugby league folklore within a grand final as well. But um, John Sattler, this is uh, this information coming from a, a release that South Sydney put out earlier in the week. Um, when they uh, announced they were mourning the passing of uh, legend Sattler, who passed away at aged 80. Um, the Rabbitohs went on to say that Mr. Sattler is written into South Sydney folklore as one of the greatest leaders the club has ever had, playing in six grand finals, captaining the team in five of them, and leading the club to four premiership winning first grade titles in 67, 68, 70, and 71. Obviously, that 69 grand final in there, they were expected to win but didn't get the job done. But as you alluded to before, Griffo, the the most memorable part of his career and one that gets uh, brought up every year around grand final time um, are the heroics where he famously played 77 minutes of the 1970 grand final against Manly with a broken jaw. Um, that day, he was the captain and led the club to their 19th premiership uh, at the time. He was Rabideau's first grade player number 515. Uh, he played 195 first grade games for South Sydney between 63 and 72. In that time, he scored 12 tries and he only ever played for the Rabideaus. He also played four games for New South Wales in 1969, three games for Queensland in 1973 in the Interstate Series, as well as playing four test matches for Australia between 1967 and 1971. He captained his country uh, in a test match against Great Britain in 1970. And we probably should add to that, Griffo, that uh, I think he did miss the international tour at the end of the 1970 uh, oh, season right. because of... that was of, a World Cup tour, maybe. Yeah, yeah. He missed that because of the broken jaw and many broken were jaw. tipping him to possibly be the captain of the side then. Okay. Um, so, yeah, look, there's a lot of other information they've put out here. A lot of the other um, things we were hearing this week were just um, tributes, just how important he was to the world of rugby league and the Rabbitohs. Um, Nick Pappas, the Rabbitohs chairman, um, quoted during the week saying he bled red and green, would do anything for his teammates, never took a backward step, always led on the front foot. Um, his favourite saying was, I play to win. Everyone knows that. There's nothing more uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs than that. Um, yeah, the, the rest of the tributes really, um, you know, without reading them because I'd be here all night, Griffo, but a lot of the tributes to John Sattler uh, surrounding his toughness, his leadership, but the word that gets used most commonly and um, has been used frequently to describe uh, him as a man was gentleman and gentleman john was um was something he was often referred to um this weekend south sydney will be paying tribute as you said they play manly which is interesting given the fact that 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 famous uh jaw broken jaw was against the manly side um and the rabbitos have also um 
they've got permission from the NRL this week to wear a special tribute jersey. So during that 1970 season, um, at some stage during the season, um, part of the rabbit logo on the jersey was was ripped in half, and just the the front legs and the head remained. And that's the iconic pictures that we see from the 1970 grand final of John Sattler with the half rabbit. So um, South Sydney wearing a special jersey this week with the half rabbit, um, just as part of the tribute. But um, but really, Griff, I know talking as a Rabbitohs fan and never seeing John play being too young, it was always, you know, it's South Sydney folklore that, you know, that this man um, was one of the toughest to play the game and one of the greatest leaders that uh, that South Sydney ever had. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt about that. Uh, forever will be remembered. Um, and rightly so. Um you mentioned his playing record. It was amazing. Um, you know, in the modern era, we really don't have uh, people who, well, very few people who have played in that many grand finals slash won that many grand finals. No salary cap back in those days, of course, but um, still a great achievement uh, on the field. Um, and, uh, from everything that has been said over the last few days, um, even more significant off the field. I'm pretty sure Shano uh, has, sto- has spoken before. He had an encounter with John Sattler. Um, we might hear about that a bit later on. But uh, um, a great loss. We've had a few losses over the last few years. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I mean, that's, that's the reality that, uh, of... Of, of life um but uh there'd be you know obviously not just south sydney supporters but supporters of the game particularly those who were around at that time watching who would have uh, would have felt this uh, loss quite profoundly uh, given his stature uh in the game but also as a human being so um, condolences to uh, his family. Um, you mentioned his son Scott, who really came out of his father's shadow um, by what he did in in the O three Grand Final. Um, again, that was something that has been played over and over. Um, that tackle on uh, Todd Byrne. I was there that night, and I watched him come across. Uh, this is Scott, and um, uh, I sort of said I was there with my my daughter. So he's going to get him, and uh, and and one of, if not the greatest, grand final tackle of all time. Um, so it's quite unique for that family to have these two iconic um, moments from a grand final, and uh, and and will always be remembered. Uh, even by those you know who, who never saw it, but uh, the traditions and those moments are passed on, um, and always will be, and and uh, it'll go down in folklore. But it, it it's not something that didn't happen. It happened. It's real, <laughs> um, and uh, will always be remembered. It will be. Yeah, and and the other thing too is not only 
for South Sydney, was he, um, you know, one of the the ultimates? I mean, when you think of great South Sydney legends, he's probably one of the first to come to mind. But also very, um, very important in the Newcastle region. Um, I think he was born in the Maitland Curry. area, but obviously he's um, grew up he's in Curry. Yeah, when he yeah. was about, I think he was very young when he when he moved to Curry and. He, he actually didn't start playing rugby league until quite late. Um, I know he was only about 16 um, when he played, but from a lot of the stories you hear, rugby league wasn't necessarily something that was on his radar and he was invited by some friends to come down and play play a bit of footy and he just took to it like a, like a duck to water and he was even involved in... Um, I think he was involved in a Newcastle side against the touring British side in 1962. And, yes, I um, And I think that's, uh, you know, obviously where um, possibly South Sydney might have uh, might have seen him play and uh, saw his potential. And, um, yeah, by 1963, he was at South and he was there for um, almost 10 years. So, um, yeah, so really those, those roots in Curry, I know that, um, he's very well respected and well known in that in that community as well, and he's a big part of that community. And also, um, another thing that I um, noticed when I was looking into um, you know a, a bit more about him, because obviously a lot of the things we hear about is in regards to South Sydney, but um, apparently he's also very involved uh, in one of the unsuccessful bids to have a Brisbane team brought into the New South Wales Rugby League uh, in the mid-80s prior to the Broncos coming in. So obviously after finishing Rugby League and, um, and not, uh, you know, moving up to Queensland and being involved in the community uh, up there, also looking to, um, to always give to Rugby League in, in, in some regard. But... Um, yeah, look, he's he's up there in, in regards to some of the the greatest players that have ever played the game. Um, his toughness, his loyalty, his uh, his ability was uh, was something that um, is very. What's the word I'm looking for? It's hard to put. It's hard to get put a word to it, isn't it? It's revered. Um, it's revered. Revered's probably a good word. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, definitely a, a sad day for rugby league, and um, looking forward to see the, seeing a, a special tribute this Saturday night at the Rabbitohs game. No, just uh, I, I heard that he went to school at the Morris Brothers Maitland, uh, yep. which is uh, a very I mean, there's some uh, great talents come out of that school rugby league. Why is the Johns Brothers uh, were students of that school? Um, of course, our uh, friend of the show, Magpie Jake. Yeah, of course, Magpie Jake. So, I think he might have been a captain at that school. So, um, yeah, a school entrenched in in rugby league tradition, and uh, that's where he went, as uh, many others from that uh, really rugby league heartland, uh, the uh, the mining areas of, of the Hunter Valley there. Mm. Um yeah yeah no um definitely very sad news another legend lost and as, as you said we're losing a lot of it, it just shows i think that the times that we're getting to a point where that that great era of, of players that we grew up um you know hearing all these wonderful stories about from the 1960s um unfortunately those players are getting to an age now where 
where we're losing a lot of them. So it's definitely great to see um, some tributes being being paid. And as I said, I really look forward to seeing what South Sydney can do for a club legend uh, this week at the game. Um, because, you know, he's, he was still always involved in the club. He was the one standing there on the, on the ground when they won the premiership in 2014 and with Sam Burgess. So there was... There was still a great connection to the club. So, um, yeah, our condolences go out to John Sattler, his family, his friends, and anyone who um, who was a fan. Uh, it's a, a very sad week in rugby league. Um, look, apart from that, obviously, we did have some rugby league uh, played last week, Griffo. We might get to the, the scores that we saw uh, in last week's games. Uh, round three, we're now three rounds into the season, so we're starting to to get a bit of a roll on and starting to see the um the team separate themselves. And one team that's uh, continuing to separate themselves at the t- at the top from the teams at the bottom, um, the Seagulls at the top, the Eels at the bottom, thirty four thirty. Bit of an interesting game this one, lots of points scored, um, but yeah, still still seeing a lot of woes for the for the Parramatta Eels. We're going to talk about them in a lot of detail uh, coming up soon because they do have the grand final rematch. I just wanted to, to get your take on this because Parramatta, they're, they're almost feeling like one of those teams that when you think they're out of it, they'll score a try, but they just they just can't get over the line. No, they've, uh, they've had some scintillates in attack. In all three games, scored a lot of points. Uh, not so much against the Storm; that was a, a lower scoring game. But against the Sharks and, and against uh, Manly, um, they scored enough points in both of those games to think you're going to win. Um, but uh, on the defensive side of things, they were somewhat lacking. Um, it was an entertaining game. Um, I did tip the Sea Eagles and it looked early in that game that they were going to run away with it. Uh, and then it sort of just turned. Um, I'm not quite sure what caused that, but Para came right back at maybe one or two stages. They led the game. Then Manley, he, uh, again, I, I, was that, I think there was five tries scored in the last eight minutes. From memory, it was I think it was that game. There was another game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. It was like... scored three in the last eight minutes. Manly scored one. Yeah, Manly yeah. had a, quite a lead, and then Power got back close, and then there was the intercept. I thought, yes. right, that's that's done. But then they scored another two tries after that. That's right. There was the Hodgson um, try was, and the Sevo no, try. No, it was crazy. Um Schuster had a big game uh, in attack, as did Turbo. Uh, and I, I keep reading a lot about Turbo and what a great game he had and hearing a lot. And, and in attack, yes, I agree. But uh, he went missing in defense. Like some of the, like the Hodgson try, for example. Mm. Hodgson is almost running on the spot. I'm looking, where's the fullback? Where's the full... And he's looking around. There's nobody there. He just kept going to score the try. And I watched the replay. I'm trying to find the fullback. Well, he... He'd gone the wrong way. I was oh, watching it, gone. and you know how on the TV you can't see the fullback. You're waiting for him to make the break and yeah, come to the fullback. Exactly. He just never. It was just clean air. It was really bizarre. Nobody there. Yeah. And it wasn't the only try. Like there was a couple of others. The fullback just wasn't spotted. Um. Yeah, I, 
I mean, look, Tommy Turbo is, is a genius player, um, but I don't think he's quite right physically yet. Um, you know, he, he had the the trip over to the U.S., um, and I've got a feeling, and I did hear the gentleman from the U.S. speak on radio a couple of weeks ago. It was quite, um, quite a good listen. Um, and I think it's a little bit similar to the trial that basically they just seem to press the go button when they think they really need to, which mm -hmm. is generally an attack. And um, the the workload is just not what we see from some of the other fullbacks. But um, had Manley have lost that game, I think we would have heard a lot more uh, about the MIA of, of number one. Um Great in attack, uh, but uh, if they're going to defend like that against and they power a good side, but uh, if that's their level of defense, Manly, then they're not going to be making uh, the top four. Um, they need to improve their defense. Para, um, yeah, they need to improve their defense as well. I think their attack's going pretty well, but uh, yeah, the defense needs to improve. Did you did you have Manly in your right? No. Oh, hang on. Yeah, I think I did. Yes. After but only they, just. It would have only just Yeah, been... like down near the bottom. Well, they had the seventh mm. or eighth based on the fact that they, they had that good preseason form. Yeah. So I had last year's top eight apart from the Raiders and I had Manly taking that spot. Mm. Um, I don't remember the order, but... No, uh, no, no. It's just interesting. I know a lot of people either didn't have them or they only had them in at eight. Yeah. Do you I think only a lot? Had them down low. I mean, they're, really, they're capable of making the top four, but they have to improve mm. their defense. And the interesting thing is, too, we're talking a lot about men that we've only seen them seen them play two competition games. So uh, yeah, it's just interesting to see there whether you think that you know in two games we've we've seen enough for you to be confident with that that selection in the top eight. I think. Um, no, I'm I'm pretty confident that they they make the eight at this stage. Um, again, the injury or otherwise to Turbo is still going to be a factor. But they did play the preseason. Um, I don't think he played the preseason. And then they look good. So they're in a good position. Um, got, to, got to give credit to Seabold because he is the coach. Um, Undefeated. Well, he is. On, that's that's quite true. Um, yeah, you can't you can't take anything away from them at this stage. Um, the cynic in me sort of says, "Well, they're doing well because they've got a good side," but um, the reality is they had a pretty good side last year. Um, and again, Turbo wasn't there, so. Um, yeah, they're going to be, you know, injuries will test them, but, you know, they get a good run with injuries. They're, they're, they're certainly capable of, of beating anyone on their day. Uh, their attack looks good. Um, the other team I didn't have in there was the Broncos, and uh, I, I would have to say I can't see the Broncos not making the eight early days as it is, but uh, mm. they look very good at the moment, the Broncos. Yeah, and if they get up as many a tipping 
um, them to do so this week against the Dolphins. Um, then with a the run of, you know, the Tigers at home and the Raiders at home, many will be, you know, pretty confident that heading into, you know, that, that round seven, eight, nine, that they'll be, they'll be the team to, to chase down. So, um, yeah, very interesting there because we said teams have to fall out for others to go in. Uh, you also mentioned there a lot of it's going to come down to personnel injuries, who's in, who's out. One team who, who did get the win on the weekend, that's the Dolphins. They've actually remained at the top of the table alongside the Seagulls and the Broncos. Um, they're starting to see a bit of an impact, and we'll talk about it um, when we go through the teams this week, but they're going to be missing a few this week coming out of the 36-20 uh, to 20 win over the Knights. Probably the most notable um, omission will be... Felice Kafusi, who we've been talking a lot about on the podcast um, in the opening rounds, just uh, you know, just how revitalised he looks after going to the Dolphins. Um, many of us thought that he was going there and using it as a bit of a retirement home, but he's been wonderful for them. Um, I think this is going to be a massive loss for them uh, going into the big game against Brisbane. Um, and yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, um, you know, whether you have too many thoughts on, on the fact Basketball. that he fought, he's, um, he fought the charge. The charge. Sort of yeah. yeah. He went for a downgrade. Sorry, my, my words just aren't coming to me tonight. That's uh, he right. fought the charge. He went for the downgrade. He was unsuccessful. He'll be missing for four weeks. Um, for for that late hit. Yeah, I'm I'm just as we speak. I'm trying to get uh, get a look at the tackle. I I really haven't seen it. Um, I might have seen it, but not noticed. Uh, but it, it's been dominating uh, a lot of the media mm. because he is such an important part of this team. We saw him iron out uh, Hudson Young. Uh, against the Raiders, and then the week before, a couple of roosters were on the end. Um, you know, counting how many ribs they had left after Kafusi hit him legally, legally. Um, but then this one uh, was deemed to be illegal by the match review committee, and uh, he was given a, a certain charge that that carried a, a three-game suspension. Um, but if he fought it and got downgrade as, as he was after, he would have got fine and, and been able to play this week. Yep. That is the absolute roll of the dice because, you know, if you go in there and, and you, you know, you don't win, you add another week to that. Um, we're not going to have a whole debate about how the judiciary works. Uh, we already know it's We've been there before, uh, you know, um, there are inconsistencies there. Um, they brought up, uh, I think, a similar tackle from uh, Joe Sawali, uh, yep. and, uh, who only copped a fine. Um, some might say that it's karma. Um, there's been, uh, certainly when he was with the Melbourne Storm, uh, um, he got away, well, many people... Uh, believe he got away with some fines or charges and 
was found not guilty. Maybe that's why he threw the dice uh, on this one because he'd, he'd been successful in the past. Um, there was another tackle in the game that many say was actually worse than the one he got uh, cited over and he didn't get cited for the other one. So uh, maybe it's a little bit of karma. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know. But the result is that he's out for four weeks and, and that's huge for a team that isn't blessed with great depth. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, it's disappointed he's not going to be there for this massive game. But, uh, you know, he, he's, he's been found guilty and uh, he's just going to have to cop it on the chin now. Um, no pun intended there. <laughs> I think that, I think the difficult thing is, and I know, you know, Saying, oh, Graham, we're jumping down that rabbit hole again. He was he was charged with a grade two dangerous contact. Now, given that he had um, prior offences, so from what I can see, dangerous contact grade two. Uh, the third offence is four matches, three with the early guilty plea. What he was seeking to do is get the downgrade to what Joseph Sawali. Um, was charged with, which was grade one dangerous contact. And I think the other thing that people get a bit frustrated about with the judiciary is as long as you are a grade one, you can get a fine. Now, Joseph Sawali, he has... This was his third uh, third offence. So it carries two matches, but you can go an early guilty plea of $3,000. So as long as it's still considered a grade one... Relax. He, he can he, then obviously he, he have the, the um the uh the the, the fine rather than the um the suspension. What we're seeing though here is the difference in grading and it being so fine that the 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 line between a fine and four matches is is just so close that I think what fans yeah. are a bit frustrated about is that they're finding that you know I, I know some fans are suggesting that certain play I mean even on you know in the media there have been people that have suggested certain players and certain you know the judiciary looks at it a bit different I've seen comparisons with the um, Suwali and the Kafusi one yeah. side by side and people struggling to find a difference between the two. Um, the other argument really is with Kafusi and this um, this hit that he put on. I'd, I'd be happy to argue, at, you know, at what point can a player avoid contact? Um, I've heard some players, you know, ex-players of the game, I think it was Dale Finucane, I heard saying, well, if Kafusi doesn't make this contact and rather than passing, um, was it Hastings he hit? Was that yeah, Hastings. Hastings. No, was actually Hastings? just... Just if been Hastings, watching it. Yeah, if Hastings dummies and goes, you're basically asking Kafusi to stop and let him run past him. Yeah. I, I, I think this is a really difficult one because if I was if I was Kafusi's coach, I wouldn't be saying, hey, mate, you got to get that out of your game. I'd be saying, unfortunately, we, you know, this is the way they're looking at him these days. Um, yeah. The other thing to add to it too is, uh, the other comment I've heard a lot of people say is, that um, a lot of these offences are look at, looked at very differently when um, when it's a halfback 
uh, the one that's being hit. I know Andrew Johns had some very uh, strong opinions on it in defense of Hastings, but being an ex-halfback and ex-Newcastle player, I don't think anyone could be too surprised at that. I mean, I know you you were just having a look at it then, Griffo. I don't know if you had any thoughts now that you've had a, a, yeah, a, I do. a view um, on it. Yeah, four weeks does seem harsh. Uh, there was no contact with the head. Um, but, yeah, and I looked at the Suwali E1 as well, which was on the same clip. Um, and it was a very similar sort of thing. If anything, Suwali, he was probably a bit later on the tackle. But uh, yeah. well, it's inconsistent. Like, Yeah, that's, that's what the frustration is. Yeah, yeah. There's an inconsistency there. Um, I'm not sure if, if how whether he was still having hangover points or not. Um, they don't. They don't have carryover points anymore. Well, that's what I thought. But uh, the only the only difference between the Kafusi and the Swali'i one was that Kafusi was charged with a grade two, Swali'i was charged with a grade one. Okay. Both dangerous uh, contract. And both of them had three prior offences. Okay. Three prior offences this year. Well, no. I, I think it's just... I, I don't know if those prior offences carry over. They don't have necessarily carry over points. But um, from when you look at the grading, the only way that it could have been a three grand fine... And I'm, I'm reading between the lines a bit here. The... Swali one, he was charged with a grade one dangerous contact and he got fined three thousand um, dollars because yeah. of his did he, offense. Yeah, did he pay it or did he do the uh, Ryan Matheson? No, he, he paid it because the other option was two matches. Oh, okay. Um, and with Kafusi, the only way for a dangerous contact to get four matches is to lose at the judiciary and it be your third offense. So I think right. the offenses in a sense, carry over. That's where you're correct, but it's not the system that they used to have where you have carryover points. Okay. So right. what they do is they keep in mind that in your career, you've done this before. I have a feeling yeah. that Joe Swali's ones might have come... Um, well, he had one late last year, I think, where he raised the knees. That might yeah, have been got- dangerous contact. So he's got a bit of form there. But as long as you keep getting the grade one, you won't get suspended. Yeah. But the first time he gets a grade two dangerous contact, he's looking at three matches, possibly four, which is the position that Kafusi was in. All right. Well, there's inconsistency. Um, uh, uh, we can't solve it. Um, all we can say is our opinion. Um does it look like a four-week suspension? I don't think so. Um, but under the rules, that's what he's got. Like, I know, you know, there's no carryover points, but what's the difference if it's prior offences, prior offences? Yeah. Um, if you've done something before, you cop more. And, and I think that's right. You should. Yeah, um, uh, yeah he's, he's got a history. And that's something that you know he's he's responsible for. So uh, I don't know that he's been whinging about it. Um, there's been a lot of talk about it, and I think 
if it wasn't the Broncos they were playing this week, I don't think it would have got as much publicity. I think it's been um, that's that's the reason why it's, uh, so so much has been said about it. And um, if they, you know, if there was no Broncos game this week, I reckon we would have only heard about half of it. Um, the other reason we've heard a lot is because he has been the man of the moment for the Dolphins in those first two games where he's crunching guys. Um, and, and they're, you know, they're losing their muscle. And uh, and I think it's going to have a significant impact on this week's game. Uh, and obviously uh, looking ahead for the Dolphins on the three games after that as well. So, um, but at the end of the day, he's not there. He's not going to be there for a while. And uh, we've just got to move on. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they go. But they they, they won last week against the um, against the Knights, so their winning ways continued. Uh, the big game on Friday night, the big I suppose last week's grudge match. It seems like a lifetime ago now after all this talk of the Brisbane uh, Dolphins game. But last week we had the big Roosters Rabbitohs rivalry. Um, South Sydney got out to uh, an early lead, but um, look, the Roosters showed their resilience and class and. Um, they uh, defeated the Rabbitohs 20 points to 18. Yeah, they did. Um, it was a good game. Uh, I don't think it was a great game. Um, I I think part of that is because my expectations were so high. And it certainly, I, I don't think it reached um, my expectations. Of, uh, it got close at the end. Got exciting in the last couple of minutes, but uh, I thought South looked really good at the start. I thought they're going to go on and win this game reasonably easily, and then um, I actually I'll, I'll come out. I did fall asleep with about uh, fifteen minutes to go in the second half, not because the game was boring, but I just was tired. I wish um, I was as calm as you were. <laughs> but, I didn't have the vested interest apart uh, from Tip, which is not a big yeah. vested interest. But um, and you know, Souths were doing it pretty easily. I don't think the Roosters were even on the board. Uh, and then uh, you know, I woke up in the half time break and I looked at the score. Oh, Roosters are in front. Um, and then, you know, some good play from the Roosters to get there. I, I did did see obviously the the tries. Um, and then the second half, it was there wasn't much doing for him, South Sydney. Uh, they had a few chances that they bombed. Um, yes. Campbell Graham is the one that most comes to mind where um, he made a break. Or, you know, he was putting a hole, maybe. I can't remember how he made the break, yeah. but he was running down yeah. the field. And, uh, he, he did have Isaac Thompson outside him, unmarked. And uh, he elected to try and beat, I think it was Teddy. Yeah. Uh, and he was unsuccessful. Uh, that was a, just a bombed try from from Campbell Graham and at that stage of the game I think it could have made quite a difference we didn't see South score until almost right at the end of the game um, and that's yeah that's certainly when uh, when things got uh, a bit more interesting but uh, I think the Roosters dominated the second half uh, and I thought they were deserved winners yep. um, I was a little bit disappointed uh with South Sydney's performance, I, I don't, you know, I wasn't quite sure why, but um, 
I know, again, we see Cody Walker losing his cool. Um, I don't, I don't understand why he keeps doing this because to the detriment of his team's performance, he is crucial to South Sydney's success. He is an unbelievably skillful and talented rugby league player, but he's got this just crap in his game um, and his temperament. And we see it. We saw it the week before against Penrith. It just all the teams just get right under his skin, and and it's not good enough to be honest. From a from a guy who who is a leader in the team, a very experienced player, and and uh, along with Latrell, really holds the key to how far South Sydney can go in this competition. Um. He's got to rein it in. Well, that's my opinion. I'm a neutral. You're a South man, Graham. What do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think it's one of those things where if um, if things aren't going his way, it um, it does get to. I, I I definitely agree that as a fan, if I'm watching Cody Walker and he's lost his cool, um, we don't win those games. And it's usually where we get to a point where it may not have even been something that that's impacting him directly. Um, but it might be more indirect. I think what what South Sydney really struggled through the middle of that game was um, we lost the middle in the forwards, and that just took Walker out of the game, and it just made it so much harder for him, and he got frustrated with it. Um, so I, I think I think it's a bit of a flow-on effect of what we're seeing with South Sydney at the moment with um, with their forward rotation being very different to what they had hoped it would have been this point of the season and they're going to struggle again in that regards this week because uh, Heme Sele went off after one minute um, the other night with a um, concussion. So he's he's going to be um, out this week as a result of those the 11-day stand-down concussion rules. Um, but, but South also had other other injuries uh, throughout the game. Um Tatola's uh, injured himself again after just coming back, and Shaq Mitchell's out for an extended period um, with an injury as Is well. A crusher so... tackle? Oh, sorry, not crusher. Um, a hip drop. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It was. Look, I don't think much was was sort of made of it, but I think it was. It's I think he broke his foot, and I think they were saying oh, uh-huh. that it, it happened in that tackle where um, Radley, Radley, yeah, came down, but. Look, the, from from the South Sydney point of view, it basically meant that, um, you know, Shaq only played twenty odd minutes. Sele played one minute, and then the the flow on effect was um, players like Kalau Matangi having to play eighty minutes. Um, a lot of that, well, not a lot of it, um, part of that I should say, was um, moving into the middle when Cam Murray came off for a break. So Kalau Matangi played eighty minutes, probably about fifteen minutes of those in the middle. The rest on an edge, so it's just, yeah. the The rotation there was is all out yeah, of whack. Had, um, had a lot of bad luck with injuries. The, the, the injuries to their forwards are impacting significantly, and I think that that then is what was making it difficult for the backs, and a bit of that frustration for Cody. But he's going. He's going to. It's going to be the same battle this week. So. He's just got to find a way to keep his cool. And I think this is what we're starting to see, especially in the last year or two. Um, 
he's the experienced half. He's the one that they're going to look to to keep their cool head. Uh, Lachlan Ilias being the youngster doing his apprenticeship. Uh, it's a very different dynamic to uh, that successful South Sydney team leading up to the past couple of years with Adam Reynolds in at half, who was the experienced player, who would keep a lid on things, who would take a lot of that pressure. And I don't know if Cody Walker uh, manages well when uh, he's expected to be the leader and take some of that pressure on. Um, yeah, you, you, you know that once he's lose, lost his call that South Sydney are buggered, so hopefully he keeps a lid on things for them this week. Yeah. I, I mean... Some guys like to play on the edge and, and they actually play better, but I don't, I don't think he's one of them. I just think once he loses it, he doesn't play better. So there's um, two extremes. He's either really enjoying his football and he's running rings around everyone or things aren't going his way and he's looking to start a blue and, and South yeah. Sydney, even if they're only down by six at the time. You, you We don't get back into those games. No. no. I but, think uh, coach needs to address that personally. Maybe he has, I don't know, but... Who knows? You'd, you'd think it'd be yeah, something that's, uh, that, that, that's that you, you'd think they would have, but anyway. Um, we'll see this week how they how they bounce back the Rabbitohs after um, two losses on the trot. Um, another team that's going to be looking to bounce back from a loss that we're not usually expecting to, to see is the Melbourne Storm. Uh, they went down in another high-scoring game on the Gold Coast. They went uh, up to the Gold Coast with some uh, big expectations and came back with nothing. Um, 38 points to 34 in this one. Um, you could have a bit of a I told you so moment here, Griffo, because I know you tipped the Titans and you have been very vocal in this early part of the season about the challenges that the Storm face given key personnel that are out Um and coming out of this game, uh, we also saw uh, Jerome Hughes. He's another player who went to the judiciary the other night. Um, he fought the law and the law won. He's out for two weeks. So they're coming off this uh-huh. loss and um, he's, he's a massive player uh, to be missing from this side, especially considering they've already been missing for um, for the last couple of weeks, uh, their other half in in Cameron Munster, um, Munster named this week, so we'll keep an eye on that one. But uh, Jerome Hughes, uh, he'll be a massive out for for them. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think. <clears throat> excuse me. I think they've got a big five these days. Used to hear about the big four <laughs> in the past, and then it was the big three, and then it was the big two. Um, I think it's uh, Pappenhausen, Monster, Jerome Hughes, Harry Grant, and uh, and the Muscle Man of, of Big Nelson. Nelson, um, mm. and and that's I don't know what percentage of their salary cap cap is uh, tied up in those five guys, but I dare say <laughs> uh, it'd probably be nudging half of it, um. And you just can't have those guys out and the Melbourne Storm be successful. It's just not possible. Um, I know, you know, Coach Bellamy is into them and uh, whatnot and blowing up, but I don't know that's actually helping. Just, um, you, you just can't keep blowing up at, at, at young men these days. And, and there's a point where you just, 
it just becomes, oh, here he goes again, you know, and it, it loses its impact. Uh, they're doing their best. They're making mistakes, but they just don't have the, the cattle out there. Like, you cannot play at your best when you don't have your best players. Um, and these are elite yeah. players in the game I'm talking about. Uh, highly paid because they're highly skilled and they're premiership winners. They know how to win, but when you've got guys in there replacing them, they don't have the experience, they don't have the skill, you're not going to get the same results. You simply cannot. And I don't know how many of those. I, it could be we'll only see Harry Grant out of there, those big five that I spoke about. The monster is listed. He was going to see a specialist today to get see, you know, he could get the pin out of his finger so he can play. Personally, I, I wouldn't risk it. Let the guy yeah, heal. It's a long, it's season, a long season. Even yeah. if he plays, you know, he's, he's again, your risk of injury. Um, you just, you can't, you can't lose this guy again. If, if something, yeah, you know, if the doctors give it the all clear, okay, I'm not a doctor, but two weeks is not enough, in my opinion. You've had it operated on a pin put in. Uh, whether you know, normally this injury is like a a four week injury, um, I, I think it's a risk that is not worth taking. Um, who are they playing this week, Graham? They got the Tigers. That's what I thought. Munster could play and they could still lose. Um, I'll have to look at the teams. I'll probably tip Melbourne and look at the teams that he plays because they are playing the Tigers. But this is a real potential game that they actually <laughs> could lose. And I, I know, you know, they are playing the Tigers. Um, anything's possible. Uh, but uh, big decisions, you know, Hughes is a massive loss. We saw it last year when when they had similar amounts of injuries, maybe not quite as significant, but Hughes was their star. Monster was out for a while. Um, he's not there this week. Uh, yeah, they've got issues. And um, if they were to drop the game against the Tigers... You know, we've got to start questioning just how successful this team's going to be this year. We don't know when uh, the Flying Dutchman's coming back. Nelson's out for an extended period. Um, there's problems there. Hmm. Yeah, major concerns at the Storm. Um, another team that I think uh, people are starting to have concerns for are the Cowboys. Uh, the, the Tipsters... Many tipsters had them as uh, possible minor premiers, top four contenders, um, premiership contenders, and I know we're only in round three, and they've had a they they won in the first week, uh, as unconvincing as that was. Last week they went down to Brisbane, who's playing well. Uh, sorry, the week before that, but last week going down to the Warriors, I don't know if a lot of people saw them losing to a team the likes of the Warriors. Um, probably a bit too early to hit the panic button, Griffo, but um, I, I think there's some concerns there in North Queensland considering the expectations up there this year. There are a couple. 
Um, I think last year the rise of the Cowboys coincided with Scott Drinkwater coming in at number one. He didn't start the season there. He was in there pretty early. And uh, I think we're just we're seeing just how important he is to that team. Um, the fact that he's not there. They're also missing, uh, I believe, uh, Hiku. Um, but uh, to get thumped by the Warriors is a concern at home. Um, yep. For a team that is highly uh, regarded based on what they did last year, because as you say, what they've done this year is it just hasn't been great. They led the Raiders eighteen nil and and end up winning by a field goal. Um, so yeah, the, if they were to drop another game or two, then. The uh, the blowtorch will start uh, being applied to the north of Queensland. Um, so yeah, teams we were expecting big things from, in a few cases, are, uh, are not being delivered. But it is round three. Um, so if I was a Cowboys fan, I wouldn't be quite hitting the panic button as yet. Um, but they're not good signs, really. Uh, but it has coincided. No drink water. Um, see how they go. I think you got a four-match ban. Might be wrong on that. So we served two games, and they've lost them both. Um, they're going to welcome him back, and they're going to look forward to his return. Um but that's a few weeks down the track. So some issues for those guys. Uh, who have they got this week, Grant? The Cowboys will play the Titans. All right. Interesting. Mm. I'd like, yeah, I look forward to uh, the preview of that game when we look at the teams because uh, we watched the Titans, the game together yeah, last right. uh, Saturday. Um. Again, one of these games that uh, both teams had the lead at various stages, high-scoring affairs, and uh, Melbourne, a couple of crucial areas really cost them. Uh, a couple of Cowboys tries came directly from some drop balls, uh, and it cost Melbourne. Um, but it's a game to look forward to. Uh, you know, going back a few, couple of years and see Cowboys be Titans, uh, Shano would have had a had a name for that game. Um, that was not <laughs> a pleasant one. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be a really interesting game. Uh, uh, and we'll preview it a bit later on. Yeah, yeah. And, and really, um, when we, we talk about interesting games, the, the Broncos-Dragons game from last week, I don't know if you saw this. I mean, we could call it a I game... Did. Two halves, but really the last 10 minutes was just all Broncos. Um, it was 18 all with, I don't know, like eight minutes About left. Or eight minutes like to that. go, I think. It was something like yeah, that. and it ended up 40 points to 18. The Dragons were actually winning at um, halftime 16-8. 
but the, the, that's where the scoring finished for them. I think uh, their last try was about 10, 10 minutes before half time, maybe a little bit less. And then, um, yeah, this, just just that big blow away at the end from from the the Broncos. Um, not sure what you made of that. I mean, is it is it the case that the um, the Dragons fell off or the the cream rose to the the top? Yeah, it could be a bit of both. A bit of both, but to be fair to the Broncos, um, they turned up the heat and uh, the Dragons sort of melted. And I I thought the Dragons are doing really well for 70-odd minutes there. Yeah. Um, they were right in that game, and, and I thought they were playing well. Um, but all of a sudden, the class of the Brisbane Broncos, dare I say the speed, um, their backs are so quick. Uh, they're really a, a danger team this year. But, yeah, entertaining game. Um, I felt a little bit for the Dragons with the blowout of the score. It was much closer than yeah. that. Yeah. But what I will say is I'm, I'm pretty happy about it, Graham, but, um, because both you and I were on the Broncos uh, the for our Joker in the Thief, and we got a plus 22. I've just been working on all this while okay. we were having a chat here. Uh, and uh, the name G. Watson uh, and M. Griffiths uh, are both at the top of this competition on plus 20 now. yeah. <laughs> I usually, I'm usually rubbish at that, so I'm glad. Yeah, uh, yeah oh, far out. That made my night, mate. I've got a bit of pep yeah. in my step now, knowing that. That's, uh, that's we've, excellent. We've gone from minus two uh, <laughs> the week before. Saved we've us. jumped up to plus 20, and, and we're at the top of the ladder. Uh, were there a lot oh. of people on? Were people on the Storm or? Uh, yeah, well, there were a few everything? people on the Cowboys. Um, ah, okay, one yeah, or two yeah. on the Storm. A uh, few had the Bulldogs. They would have been happy at uh, like 26-0, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that turned around uh, again yeah. in the heat. I, uh, in all seriousness, I, I really think the heat would have had an impact on the high scores and particularly yeah. the large number of tries in the last 10 minutes of a number of games. Um, we saw some big turnarounds, and i I, I got to put it down to the heat. Um, yeah, that's a fair call. It was excessive cool. heat. Uh, we're talking mid thirties. It's that's too hot to be playing eighty minutes of rugby league at your absolute peak. Um, yeah, you know, about thirty five. Training as you do, you, you do you, you fatigue quicker in the heat. Yeah. So um, I can't be too critical of of the teams that were were letting in some late tries. They obviously ran out of uh, puff because of the conditions they were playing in. And to, to again, on to that, and you're a bit more of an expert in this certainly than I am, but you'd have to think some of those teams that like the Bulldogs and the Tigers who played on Sunday mm. in extreme heat, that that may have an impact on uh, on their performance this week. I would think perhaps um, that, that that sort of game may have taken a bit out of them. But particularly, I think the Tigers play... Definitely, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. They play the early game on Friday, and yeah. they've got so that that's a short down. So, turnaround, the, short and turnaround, the, and, and that extreme heat. So, I might and have a to flight to Melbourne. Melbourne, yeah, and a flight to Melbourne to factor in. So, not only yeah. looking at the fact that it was tough last week and and the game this week, it changes the whole structure of your your training week. 
So you also get it when you have a short turnaround from a Sunday to Friday. If you have your recovery on Monday, um, you know, you might have a training session Tuesday or Wednesday with one of those as a day off. You've got your captain's run and travel then on the Thursday. You're not doing a lot of yeah. training and preparation and you've got to factor that recovery into it to manage the loads of the players. So um, that's certainly working so, in the Melbourne Storm's favour. The extra definitely. extra day of uh, recovery. They played in heat as well in the uh, on the Gold Coast. Played a day game as well. So um, you know they're going to be affected also. But uh, we we got yeah, to talk some of those about teams this. that had the night games. They're probably at a little bit of an advantage. Uh, yeah, you'd... we've got to talk about that Bulldogs Tigers game. Um, I know tongue and cheek through the week we've had a bit of a chat about this game, and we talk about the Tigers, and just they just make their fans think that they're they're going to do something, yeah. and then they let them rip they're it away. They're at They're at they, they did that that period there where we saw the Brooks um, Brooks try, um, Bolo scored. And um, Charlie Staines had that yeah, try that's straight right. afterwards. Yeah, I think it was uh, Brooks set that one up with a with a nice, uh, incisive run through the middle of the dog's defence, uh, and Charlie Staines latched on. Um, I, um, I was uh, at the beach um, for the start of that game. I did watch. Um, part of the first half at my daughter's place. And then uh, on the way home, I was listening on the radio, um, uh, listening to the ABC. And uh, basically, they were, you know, sort of down on the Tigers as, as, as they, you know, I guess all commentators would have been because it was a poor performance. And I think there was a run from, uh, might have been a break made by Clemmer. Uh, I didn't see it, but uh, it was described. And then after, not long after that break, it was, it was rapid fire, three tries in about four or five minutes. Um, given the Tigers an opportunity to actually win the game, um, but uh, apparently, well, we know they didn't win the game, but uh, in the last, uh, I guess, six or seven minutes, uh, they went back to... Uh, the, the way they were playing earlier in the game. So uh, a big tease, a big scare for Bulldogs uh, fans on the hill there. Mm. Um, I've, I've been in, in that sort of situation where your team's up by a long way. You think you've got the two points and all of a sudden, um, it's like, you know, they're in quicksand and they're just drowning and, oh, it's awful feeling. Um, uh I think I'm going back to the Super League days. Um, the Panthers played a game against the, the North Queensland Cowboys. And I think the Panthers led by like 28-0 or something like that. And they lost. Um, it was awful. It was, it was awful to watch. It wasn't anything to do with hot weather or anything like that. They just <laughs> fell apart. But, uh, just you don't like to see that, you, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, Tigers fans, who those who were still at the ground, um, would have been absolutely um, not worrying about the heat. They 
they would have found all sorts of adrenaline pumping through their bodies only to be let down again by not getting there. Um, we have a mutual friend, uh, the doctor, <laughs> who on Monday was, well, we had to bring Are You Okay Day forward. <laughs> he was, uh, as, uh, yeah, as he many was... Tiger supporters around uh, all parts of Sydney. I, I worry um, about his blood the same boat. <laughs> Well, I worry for all Tigers support. They're massively supported. Uh, yeah, they've got a huge um, fan joint base venture club. Passionate um, fan base. And they turn up. They've been turning up to watch them and just disappointment. Um I think when there is expectation, it makes it worse. Last year, we knew they were crap. Um, and, and in most games, they played that way. I don't think they only won maybe three or four games. Mm. Uh, including some big wins, uh, field goal efforts against uh, the Rabbitohs and Para, and they went up to yeah. Brisbane, beat Brisbane. Yeah, um, and That might have been it. It might have been three games. Um, but they were just like, you knew they were dreadful. Everyone knew it. It's not like you're disappointed when they got smashed because you knew it was going to happen. There's been so much expectation over the summer because of the signings and the the you know the new coaching structure and whatnot. Um, club legends there uh, in the box, um, but to this point in time, it's just been tears for Tigers fans. Um, the tale from Tiger Town, you know, it's. Uh, it's the tail certainly not wagging at the moment, uh, but anyway, it's between the legs. Um, what do you think, Graham? Did you were you watching the game at yeah, the time? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll be honest with you, there was the way they played in that little few minute period where they scored those tries. You you felt like yeah. You know, when Charlie Staines scored, I thought they they've got the momentum here. They yeah. They they should go. They should score and and, and win this game. And the frustrating thing I think for Tigers fans is, is they showed that period of really good football and that desire, and then they just went back. It was like they had nothing to lose, so they yeah they they threw they the ball around. Way. They yeah. caution through caution, you know, it gets when all those all those sayings, you know, you can crack out. And then when they were in a position where they were expected to to possibly win the game. All of the they, they were dropping the ball, they yeah, were making you know awful. silly errors. They just went back to that that poor team that just couldn't complete sets and weren't getting the simple things right. I couldn't have, I couldn't believe how they could make so many errors in that last ten minutes when it was so crucial to them and they just needed one try. It was unbelievable just how. They went from looking really, really good to just going back to to being so ordinary. Um, and that's yeah. the frustration, you know, really for Tigers fans. Yeah, yeah, well, but it's one it, of the frustrations. And and it was one of those things where, like I said, Stain scored. I said they should go on with this. They've got the momentum. And then I think the next set they turned it over, and I thought, oh yeah, it's the Tigers. They'll stuff it up. So it's 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 a bit of a shame for them. Um, it was it was good to, for the Bulldogs fans to see them hold on. Uh, there was a very passionate supporter base out at Belmore, as you'd uh, imagine, at their traditional home ground. Um, 
and a, another win for them. They're another one of those teams. I think we've just got to keep our eye on there. They're going to slowly uh, chip away at this competition. Um, they're already two wins and one loss. So, yeah. um, well, it was a big loss, but uh, yeah, against Manly, but uh, they've certainly turned it around. Um, going win-win. Um, yeah, they're in a good position. Definitely. Um, with players, some players still to come back into the team, to uh, particularly uh, in the forwards, likes of Pangai Jr. So, um, yeah, a lot of publicity over the uh, off-season uh, and previously when a lot of their signings were made very early on, um, before the season, in fact, for Kikau and uh, Reed Marnie, likewise. So, um, yeah, if you're a Dogs fan, you... Your tail will certainly wag it much more so than that of the Tigers. <laughs> yes, definitely. And and look, you know, if you're a tipster, you, it was a tough week on the tips. And I think this game also tripped a lot of people up. Uh, the Sunday night game at Canberra where the Raiders defeated the Sharks. Um, so the Sharks now, uh, they've only got the one win. Uh, as of round three, uh, not not a lot of people I think expected the Raiders to to get the job done here. Albeit that it was uh, four tries apiece, the difference being um, conversions. Um, what do you what are you making of this team this this game? Because we've got a team in the Raiders who went down uh, in a in a close one in round one against the um, the Cowboys, and there was a lot of negative talk around the Cowboys that they only beat the Raiders by one point. Um, last week, we know the Raiders went down to the Dolphins. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about the, the good form that the Dolphins are in. So even when with the Raiders this year, they, they got this win, which they'll be excited to have to get off the mark. But those other two losses they've had, they were very narrow ones. So um, I think they'll be very confident going into the game this week against the Knights um, because the Cronulla Sharks are one of those teams that we're expecting to be um, at, the, at the top end of the table. So it's a good scalp to get for them. Oh, absolutely. Um, they, you know, they, they've broken their duck for the season, so um, that was important. Um, I I thought the Sharks would have got the job done. Um not to be. Uh, I didn't realize that the Sharks had previously, I think it lost the previous eight games to Canberra. Is that right? Uh, that, that one made it nine. So, goodness, I um, didn't know that. That's uh, significant. I didn't do that um, my tips last week. <laughs> yeah, oh, look, if, look, even if I had known it, Graham, I, probably, yeah, I would have still that. tipped uh, the yeah. Sharks. I just I thought. Uh, they were they were quite good the previous weekend in coming and winning their game. Um, yeah, because they were pretty good the first couple of weeks. Like they had that game. Yeah, they, they round were, two they beat Para in the first week. They against the Rabbitohs. And that's right. Yeah, of course. The, the Eels. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a big win for Canberra because the Sharks are a team that's expected to uh, challenge for the top four. Um. Yeah, they were. They'll be a bit disappointed with their performance. Um, credit, credit to uh, the Canberra Raiders. 
a team that I really don't rate. Um, but maybe, uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Um, because a win over the Sharks is a good win. Uh, um, yeah, well, they would be expecting to to back that up this week against a, a team that is really on its knees um, in the nights due to suspensions and injuries. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, a lot of interesting matchups coming up this week, and when you when you look at the complexion now is the the ladder coming off last week. We know that Penrith had the bye. Um, that was, as we said last week, very timely for them, given the fact that they were getting a few injuries and bits and pieces there. Um, the ladder, the the teams we're seeing, as we said last week, are, are very different to what a lot of people expected. Um, and, and I find it also interesting, too, after three rounds, um, we've only got three teams on six points. Uh, two of them being the Broncos and Dolphins. They'll play each other this week. So we're going to see a loss to one of those teams. Um, they're the only two teams that have three wins. The Seagulls getting um, two of their points through the bye. Uh, rounding out the top four, uh, the New Zealand fans will love me saying that. The Warriors are coming fourth. They're the first of the teams on four points. Um, just behind them also on four, we've got Penrith, Gold Coast, Roosters, Bulldogs and Dragons. Uh, South Sydney are in 10th. They're the first of the teams on two points. So you've got South Sydney, Canberra, Cronulla, Melbourne, Newcastle, and the Cowboys are on two points. And right on the bottom of the ladder, uh, 16th are the Eels, 17th the Tigers. So, um, yeah, not obviously, uh, you know, that, that, Western part of Sydney, they're struggling a little bit to get some, to get some wins. But um, I think for a team like the Eels, uh, we'll talk about it a bit this week. They've got a bit of a tough run coming up. Uh, the Tigers are struggling for form, so it, it really shows. Looking at that ladder, I think Griffo. The main thing I want to take out of that is that every two points is really valuable. It makes every game so important because the the difference between. Now, a win and a loss, when we get to the pointy end of the season, could be whether you're playing finals or not. I, I actually feel like this is going to be a lot closer, this competition, than we expected in our preview. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, there's teams there that I did not expect to get that many wins for the season, um, like the Dolphins. Who yeah, got some, three, people, some people yeah. didn't think they get three wins all year. They've oh, won the first three. Oh, well, yeah, that's right. So... <laughs> Um, I think that might be enough to get them off the spoon where I tipped them for the spoon. Um, you'd have to say after three rounds, that's not going to happen, but um, it, it's a 27-round competition, so a lot can change. Uh, the Warriors have been a surprise packet to me. Again, I thought they would be challenging uh, the bottom four. Um, that may still happen. Uh, but they've certainly got off to a good start. And, and to be able to beat a quality side like the Cowboys is going to give them all sorts of confidence as well as the two points last week. So um, what a competition it is, really. It's, uh, it's a credit to uh, to the administration um, for, for what they've put in place. The salary cap for most teams, it seems, is working. 
um, with teams like the Melbourne Storm, the Penrith Panthers having to shed quality players. Um, and it certainly affected them. Uh, and at the same time, we've seen a number of teams be able to build up their roster so that on paper they look a lot better. Um, but some teams, maybe again with rosters that we don't think are so strong, um, you'd have to put it down to some really good coaching. Um, this this competition, I think I heard only two of last year's top eight are currently in the top eight at the moment, the Roosters and the Panthers. Um, I, I don't think it's going to stay that way, but um, it all goes well for a really good, uh, really good season. And um, you mentioned the, the tipsters. Uh, it's tough times for tipsters. Um, we talked about being tough times for the Melbourne Storm and the Tigers and whatnot. Well, well um, the tipsters, uh, uh, it's tough times for them. Um, I was pretty happy last week. I got five out of eight. That's that's got me over just uh, slightly over fifty percent now. Um, yeah, so I was pretty happy with that. Um, I'll be happy with five out of eight this week because again, it looks like a tipster's nightmare. Um, this this round coming up that we're going to preview shortly. Mm. And yeah. uh, and it's it's interesting too that you you mentioned the tipping comp there. Um, because it has been such a nightmare, some of the um, the punters that have gone the early joker in the carpool rugby league uh, tipping competition, uh, like myself, I did it week one, which doesn't seem all that bad now. I've got six in week one, but um, six, that's impressive. Yeah, so I, I was lucky they're using the joker, but um, obviously Big Benny, who was on uh, the other week. Uh, he was a part of our round one episode. He's also used the Joker, um, and yeah, he's a he's a point behind me. So I'll take that as a bit of a win. But um, yeah, those who have gone the early Joker um, been burnt a little bit by these uh, these upsets. So be interesting to see how that plays out with people holding on to the Joker as they go ahead in the Carpool Rugby League competition. Um, yeah, plenty there to unpack, really, wasn't there, Griffo? It was a big week in rugby league, and we haven't even gotten to um, the highlight of uh, of what we would uh, call the um, the opening segment and the review. Um, it's Griffo's grab. Griffo's grab. I caught your eye, mate. Yeah, a lot of things, Graham. <laughs> uh, some amazing, some amazing uh, tries, of course. And we talked about the the impact that the heat had on that. Um, but the thing that, so when I when I look back on the round, um, I'm going back to the the big build up game that was won by the Roosters, and um, a young man who. Well, he's never grabbed my eye before, I've got to say. Um, and that is the winger for the Roosters in uh, Jackson Barlow. Um, he came up with two tries against his old team. And uh, I looked at the tries a couple of times. He actually had a bit to do. It wasn't just a matter of catch and put the ball over the line. And Both times he had to beat players to get there. Um 
by no means the most spectacular things that that occurred in the round last week. Um, but it did catch my eye because he um, he had a uh, he had some shocking games for the Rabbitohs, um, where he was put under pressure. I think one night was Nathan Cleary. Um, he had you just yeah South let him go. Um, I was really surprised at the time that the Roosters bought him. Um, they obviously saw something in him. Um, and he's repaying that faith of of uh, Trent Robinson and his um, his team at the Roosters there. Um, I guess he probably wouldn't be on anywhere near big money. He's probably, I'd say, probably close to minimum. Um, but uh, he showed that he's, he's got some quality um, in a in a backline full of stars some of the being game's biggest stars in that back line with Teddy, uh, Joey Manu, Suwali, a rising star. Um, Tupo, we know, has been a proven performer for years. Uh, and then Kiri won three comps and, and Sam Walker, another rising star. Um, you would have thought, yeah, he's very much um, the guy with the least credentials, but... Uh, he got the job done, and I dare say uh, he's probably cemented that wing spot for the Roosters, mm. uh, possibly for the year. Um, Dom Young coming next year, but uh, yeah, well done, Jackson Barlow, a guy who, as I said, uh, I've, I've never noticed him that much other than when he's made some some big errors. Uh, but uh, good luck to him, uh, and uh, he's he caught my eye last week. Yeah, and he's um, he's only a young fellow. He's twenty three, so he's got a lot of football, um, left in him. And he's he's one of those players too. When you sort of see him on the TV amongst the the other players, I don't think you realise the the size that this bloke has. Um, I think he's uh, he stats he's somewhere like in the range of six foot four and over a hundred kilos. So he's also one of those players that could actually as he progresses through his career, um, you know, become one of those really big imposing wingers. I, I mean, you know, at, at 23, you'd think he's still got a bit more filling out to, to do. And um, given the fact he's six foot four and already at 101 kilos, um, yeah, that is, is a bigger frame than what people realize. So um, I also think too, Griffo, this could just be a case of, and this is how I feel, because I watched him play a lot of games for South Sydney. I think he came through the Titan system. South brought him over, um, I think it's 2020. So he's been in the system at South for a couple of years. Came over as a you know, 20-year-old. Um, I actually think this is a case of Trent Robinson being able to bring the best out of these players. I actually do think that the, the coaching of Trent Robinson is going to have a massive impact on on um, young Jackson. Well, um, you know, you've gone through his physical attributes there. He's a big boy. Um, bigger than people realize. He's, yeah. he's a big yeah. guy. Um, and, and on the end of that back line, you, you'd think you're going to have, have a chance at success. So, um, well done him. 
Um, of course, he won't be playing this week. No, well, this week, <coughs> excuse me. Um, there, there are a lot of uh, a lot of teams playing, but the Roosters are not one of them. They will have the oh. bye. Um, so uh, that Rock basically to Mexico. means, yeah, and and that basically means if you're a Para fan, um, you've got you've got them to look forward to the week after. That seems to be the trend, uh, <laughs> Parramatta at the moment, playing the teams that come off the bye. Um, but yeah, that's 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 really the big thing we've got to look forward to this week. Um, Griffo is the the preview for NRL round four. Um, before I get to that though, we do have another new sponsor on board. Uh, we just heard Griffo's grab, and we've got a sponsor who um, has requested that they uh, they're the sponsor this week for Griffo's grab and coming out of the segment. Uh, they wanted that time slot. It's a very fitting sponsor this week because. I've actually had a bit of trouble with my words. Um, I've been forgetting words. I haven't been able to articulate. Um, they don't come um, easy. No, they don't come easy. They do not come easy. I think uh, even Ringo Starr said that at one point. But um, one thing I've been looking into this week since this uh, since this sponsor come on board is is the services that they provide in regards to improving. Um, my voice because we are in the uh, rugby league media I've, I've actually reached out this week to our latest sponsor which is um believe it or not i didn't even know he was he was into this but um it's a real avenue post football that uh that he's gotten into and his media career has obviously taken off and that's um darren lockyer uh, we've got on board this week darren lockyer's voice coaching services <laughs> G'day folks, are you tired of sounding like a regular Joe Blow? Want to spice up your vocal game and sound like a true legend? Well have no fear because Darren Lockyer Voice Coach is here. That's right, the one and only Darren Lockyer is now offering his expert guidance to help you achieve vocal greatness. And let's be real here, who wouldn't want to sound like the man himself? With Darren's help, you too can master the art of speaking in that iconic Lockyer drawl. Imagine being able to order a meat pie and a coldie with the same commanding presence that he used on the footy field. Don't just take our word for it, hear what some of Darren's satisfied students have to say in their five-star reviews. Mick from Black Soil wrote, Since working with Darren, my voice has become so smooth and silky, it could give honey a run for its money. Jenny from Red Hills, another five-star reviewer who said, Thanks to Darren, I now sound like the love child of Crocodile Dundee and Steve Irwin. Crikey, he's a beauty. So don't delay, sign up for Darren Lockyer's voice coaching services today and unlock your inner legend. And who knows, with a voice like Darren's, you might be the smoothest talker on your block. I'll tell you what, this is something I'll definitely have to look into. But yeah, just to know that service is out there. I think a lot of the times we don't always understand what help is available. And this is definitely something I might um, might look into this week. I'll get in contact. um, Well, I need it. Yeah. yeah. Being being in our job, it's essential. It's it's, it's Reaching for the water, I can just reach for Durham. I'll be all right. That's right. That's right. So if we sound a bit a uh, bit croaky next week, it's because we've uh, we've signed up for the course and we're looking for some inspiration there. 
All right, yeah, another great sponsor. They're just coming out of the woodworks here on uh, oh, Carpool Rugby League, and um, yeah, they are like termites, aren't they? <laughs> They're everywhere. Coming out of the woodwork everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's right. So, <laughs> I think it's time to talk about this week's footy. I think um, what are we up to? We're up to the uh, the round two four. minute tip round four. Let's kick it off. Alright, so this week we're kicking things off with the, like you said Griffo, grand final replay, it feels like it's been overshadowed by this big Queensland game, um, but we've got Parramatta coming up against Penrith, whether or not it's a grand final replay, this is usually a massive game on the calendar, um, we have Parramatta at home, and obviously given their position on the ladder, there's um, this is a massive game for them, they'll be looking to get... Um, get two points. Uh, we've seen the update to the teams. We're now less than 24 hours out from the game, so no changes in that Wednesday 24-hour update. Madison back from suspension. Um, Dury moves to the bench. Murchie is out with a head knock. Um, Brendan Hands named to make his NRL debut from the bench, so he's one to keep an eye on. For the Panthers, they're coming off the bye. Um, so with that week off, uh, they've had a bit of a freshen up and in regards to team changes after that game or team changes from that game against the Rabbitohs, I should say, uh, Scott Sorensen coming back, uh, from the head knock, he missed that last game. So Matt Eisenhuth dropping to 18th, man, that's the only change I can see from that round two game against the Rabbitohs, but we do know they're a little bit of the walking wounded, the Panthers coming off that. That win against South Sydney, um, Nathan Cleary with a with a bit of an injury, um, by very timely. Uh, people would uh, obviously be expecting some big things from the Panthers this week, but I'd imagine as a fan, Griffo, this is a major danger game for the Panthers uh, coming up against bitter rivals in the Parramatta Eels. Oh, absolutely, Graham. Um... Parrot are desperate. Um, they haven't had a, a win yet. They're on a duck egg. Um, you know, they're sort of up in the ozone layer, 0-3 there. Um, and they're heading for, all, for goodness sake, um, if they lose this week. Um, that's all for goodness sake. Um, I hope it ends up that way, but uh, I think it's going to be a tight one. Uh, para, as I said, they're they're desperate. Um, throw in the fact that they got, you know, convincingly beat the last time these two game that uh, these two teams went around in uh, in the grand final. Uh, there'll be no shortage of uh, willingness to win from the Eels. Um. You mentioned uh, we've got all hands on deck this week for the Eels. Uh, Brendan, uh, he's uh, come through the Penrith system, Penrith Junior. Okay. Um, went to Para last year, didn't uh, didn't make first grade. He's a good player, Brendan Hans. Um, he uh, originally was in the halves, but uh, sort of converted to be a nine. So... Um, it gives their bench a little bit more uh, flexibility because um, 
I think pretty much they've been going with a an all forward bench. Uh, um has been on the bench, but he's now number nineteen. Um, the surprise there is Matt Dury, who I thought I thought he'd busted his knee last week. Or I think it was a knee. He went off the game. Looked like he was talking about being out for a long time, but he's there. Um, I'm going to tip Penrith. Uh, it seems like a long time ago since they played that two weeks. Uh, it's pretty much the same side, if anything, slightly stronger with Scott Sorensen coming in. Uh, they were good against Souths, and uh, there were a number of tries that uh, were not awarded. So, um, you know, they left one or two uh, in the uh, uh, out there. So it's going to be big. Para, they're a big chance in this game. Um, if they attack as well as they have been, uh, and if, but the the key is if they can fix their defence. Um, Penrith, uh, their defence has been pretty good. Uh, their attack hasn't been great. It got a little bit, certainly got better against Souths. Um, but I'm tipping after uh, after some time down in lovely Kayama. Um, I'm going to tip Panthers. Yeah, I'm, I'm tipping Penrith in this one as well. I think there were some really good signs, uh, obviously, in that South game. And and the other thing to keep in mind, too, I think a lot of people, um, you know, coming off that, there was the World Club Challenge and that loss against Brisbane, I think a lot of people got a bit too overzealous in uh, in riding the Panthers off. Um, the Parramatta Eels, I, I, they could very well be. You mentioned 0-4 this week. They play the Roosters the week after. Many are saying they could be 0-5. Uh, that's a real possibility. And I think it shows that desperation where Parramatta, they really want to um, get on the board because it's, it's very difficult um, you know, to make the, the, the top eight after losing your five first you know, five games and they've got high expectations. Uh, I know you lose, been... You're not making the top four, Graham, if, you, if you're if you on no. five. And that's, and that's what I was going to say. Difficult to make the eight, so. And that's what I was going to say. They've got high expectations there. They'll be thinking of themselves going into this season as a top four team. And I think a loss this week, you go to 0-4, um, you know, it's, it's you're starting to, to cross off the possibility of being in that top four uh, especially with how tight it looks as though the competition's going to be. So, big desperation game for Parramatta, but I think there's just too much class and strike for the Panthers. Um, also hoping to see some big game time for, for Sonny Luke this week. I think as the, the season goes on, we'll start to see more and more of his involvement, more game time. Um, yeah, Panthers for me. Second game of the week, we'll see the Storm taking on the West Tigers. Uh, this one's going to be Friday, 6 p.m. at Amy Park in Melbourne. As we mentioned before, Jerome Hughes missing for two matches for the Storm. So he'll miss this week against the Tigers and next week against South Sydney. Um, he was unsuccessful in getting a downgrade at the judiciary. Uh, we don't know for sure with the team name uh, team named who's going to, to come in. I'd imagine given the fact that Hezzet uh, was filling in in the halves while Munster was out, that he could come into partner Munster. Um, Has to be. I'm, Has to be. I'm not even 100% convinced that Munster will play. 
hopefully this he does. I mean, that's just just my two cents worth. But um, he is named. Uh, so look, you, you you could even be seeing Wishart coming in and helping out there as well. Um, for the Storm, another thing just to keep in mind. Not sure if you noticed it there. Uh, Griffo, Tom Eisenhuth in the eighteen this week. Yeah. So uh, great to see Tom Eisenhuth as a part of the squad there at the Melbourne Storm. He's been exceptional for them over the past couple of years, and no doubt he'll be back in this um, in the top seventeen, if not this week, in the next couple of weeks. Well, for the Tigers, yes, that's right. Then I think I think that's why he's on that. They need that bench. solidity that he provides. Yeah. Definitely. You can set your watch to him and you know he's going to do a job. Um, Dane Laurie expected to return from injury via the bench. Uh, the way he's been named at fullback uh, for this one. Uh, Wakeham is in the halves. Safarth, uh, he's back on the bench in place of Offahengawi. Um Simkin, I've also noticed he's in the reserves list. Uh, keep an eye on that one. Um He's coming back from a concussion, so there's a bit of talk that he might possibly uh, be a late inclusion. And uh, we've got John Bateman starting in the back row and Isaiah Papali'i. That's a pretty uh, pretty impressive back row there. Uh, on paper. Uh, on paper, and I know that's that's what we often say about the Tigers, isn't it, Griffo? On paper, they've got some great players there, some class, and you know Adam Dewey, he we know, is a great footballer. Um you could pretty much say that that whole starting forward pack um, is, is an excellent starting forward pack on paper. The bench are names that rugby league fans know and players that have been playing um, you know, rugby league consistently. They've got names that we're familiar with, but they just can't necessarily take it from paper and put it into practice. Coming up against a team who on paper aren't what they could be. No. Who are you tipping, Grace? I'm still going the storm. <laughs> yeah. Um, if Munster's yeah. out as well, that's going to well, be a big hit. I, I don't know if I'd that's be the thing. confident then. Um, I, I look at these two teams, and Jerome Hughes' name is there, but we know he's out. He's been suspended. As it will take his place. Monster's name is there, but and I guess he probably if if the doctor says yeah we could and it would have happened today. I've not heard anything. I've really listened to much this afternoon. But if Monster does play, it gives the Storm a chance. Um, he's crucial. Uh. If he, if I was to hear that he wasn't playing, I'm tipping the Tigers. Um, I normally do my my tips after we we do the show, so I don't forget to get him in. Um, and I will tip Melbourne as it stands with with Monster there. But if I was to hear tomorrow that Monster was not playing, I would change that tip. I don't normally change tips, but it, it, he holds the key. We, we saw it in the Parramatta game, Graham. When he went off, mm-hmm. um, Melbourne was struggling and, and looked like they were going to lose the game. And then he turned it around when he came back out in the second half. This is not a strong side that the Storm is, is putting out on the 
field. Um, it's not their fault. It's 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 injuries. But uh, again, the other thing working against the Tigers, besides the fact that they are the Tigers, uh, is is the the situation of what they went through last Sunday, and what it would have taken out of them being in, in playing in that heat. Um, I'm going to tip the Storm, uh, but it's it's with no confidence because this Tigers team on paper, as you say, is, is very strong uh, mm-hmm. in the forwards anyway. Um, they've got... Uh, well, the, the way he's been playing, he's lucky to be in the 17, I think, Adam. Uh, um, but they've got a backup fullback on the bench, which is really strange, um, but... Uh, it is they the Tigers. You might, yeah, that's true. Nothing surprises, but you, you might think there might be a bit of a switcheroo yes, happening I there. I'd imagine Dane Laurie would so, be starting at uh, at fullback, but yeah, 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 I don't know. Anyway, um, look, I'm tipping the Storm. This is a tough one. I think if Munster's back, I, I don't think twice about it. It's the Storm. Um, He's named, I'm, I'm going off that. I think he's going to be able to control this game. And I don't see enough class in the Tigers, in the way I've seen them play so far this year, to suggest that they can go down to Melbourne and come back with the points. If they ever were to beat Melbourne in Melbourne, this is their best shot given the players that are out for the storm. But I still think there might be enough there for Melbourne and that's why I'm going to stick with them in the, in the tips. Second game on Friday night. That's going to take us to Suncorp Stadium. I think this one's technically a Dolphins home game for those who are uh, keeping track of that. But uh, Dolphins versus Broncos. It's a big game that's um, that's been marketed this week as game of the round. We've got two teams that are undefeated. Uh, the two local rivals coming together in the NRL for the first time. For the Dolphins, as we mentioned, Kafusi's found guilty of his dangerous contact charge at the judiciary. He's going to miss four matches. Um, so there obviously will be changes to the side that you see uh, in your big league program or uh, on the NRL website. They still do big league? No. They don't do it. There you go. No. Um, um, internet put an end to big league a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I still like it in the big league. Anyway, um, that's a bit of a side note. Uh, so on your NRL.com app, I should say, rather than the big league program, uh, you'd think Wallace may be coming into the starting side. Maybe Bromwich going to second row. It's all a bit of a switcheroo. Um, the other big news out of the Dolphins to keep in mind for your tips, Anthony Milford, there's a lot of talk that he might come into the side. Uh, talk is that um, Isaiah Katoa has an elbow injury and could very well be ruled out of this one um, in, the next, uh, in the next day or two. So just keep an eye on that one because I think that's going to be another massive blow for the Dolphins. Um, for the Broncos, uh, Hetherington on the reserves list this week. He's working his way back from a bicep injury, so keep an eye on that. Uh, there might even be a late inclusion there. Um, Flegler last week um, started in place of Jensen. Um, 
So this week we've got, yeah, Flegler named in that uh, that spot with Jensen off the bench. It was the other way around, but uh, that's how they started last week. Minimal changes, really, for the Broncos. Um, last week, we we saw, I mean, I suppose the last two weeks now, we, we've seen the injection of Reese Walsh into this side. We've seen a team that can score a lot of points in the Broncos. Uh, the Dolphins... Uh, they've been very good. They've they've had a lot of energy about their play. This should be a, uh, a really intriguing matchup, uh, Griffo, and I think both sides are going to be looking to come out and be fired up for a big one. Oh no doubt. This is um, this is the uh, Battle of Brisbane. They're calling it. Um, Dolphins have won three in a row, but no one saw coming. But if they can beat the Broncos in this game, that will be a bigger surprise to me than the fact that they've won their first three games, uh, including the game against the Roosters, because this Broncos side at the moment is the form team of the competition um, with a close win over Penrith, close in the, on the scoreboard, but they were the dominant team that night. And then they've... Uh, they had the big win against the Cowboys, and then they they had the uh, they blew the the Dragons off the park in the last few minutes. Um, I actually think the Broncos win, and they win well. Uh, I I do think the loss of Kafusi, we talked about it earlier, is a massive loss to the uh, Dolphins team. Uh, he's their muscle, and um, he's not going to be there. Um, Isaiah Katoa has been very good for them. Uh, he's a highly skilled young man, and uh, it does give the MILF a chance. But the MILF was dropped because of attitude, and I guess he was probably overweight. Uh, and not only did the coach sort of come out, but the other, some of the other players came out and were a little critical of him. Uh, you don't see that happen very often. Um, so if he does get his opportunity, uh, um, pressure's going to be right on him. Um, I don't really think it matters, though, whether he plays or he doesn't play. I just think it's Brisbane with that back line of Walsh. Arthur's has surprised me. He's been very good. Uh, Stag's fine with Cobble, man, and Williams. Good Broncos by, and I think by quite a bit. They'll actually my joker this week. Ooh, so this is the the game of the week that the Griffo's calling could have the biggest margin um, going in favour of the Broncos. We know they got points in them, don't we? I mean, we saw that oh, last yeah. week, especially late on. Um, I I worry now that we're starting to see players missing from the Dolphins side that. The, the, the initial concern that there wasn't enough depth for a 17th team um, and whether or not the, the squad that the Dolphins put together would be competitive enough, I think we're going to start to see those concerns uh, come true when, when their, depth's, their depth is tested. I mean, we've got Kafusi missing this week. He's a massive loss for them. 
If Katoa is also out, which is what a lot of people are saying is is very likely, um, that that they're two massive blows. I don't know if they've got the the troops to cover um, both of those, let alone even one of them in Kafusi. I I think that Brisbane's in good form, and I think this is where we we're going to start to see um, Brisbane push through as that top eight contender, and the the Dolphins get really challenged as a, a team that's going to be competitive every week. But, um, yeah, I've got Brisbane in this one as well. Uh, as we said earlier on, the Cowboys will be taking on the Titans, so all of the uh, Queensland teams playing each other in Queensland this week. Uh, this one's a home game for the Cowboys. Not a lot of injury news um, and team changes for either side this week. Uh, Mitch Dunn made his way back into uh, onto the field, I should say, in Queensland Cup last week, recovering from an ACL injury. So uh, he's been named in number 20, so you never know, he might be a chance to to play. Another player who's uh, also recently come back in the side, uh, the Balloon Helium Luke, is also uh, there again on the bench this week. Um, yeah. Flew back in. No changes for the Titans. Um Keep in mind, Sam Verrill's uh, still out of this side. So Chris Randall in at the number nine. It's a bit of a tricky one, isn't it, for the tipsters? Uh, we've got the Cowboys who, you know, if this game was played as, you know, round one, just going off preseason last year, you'd, you'd be pretty keen on the Cowboys. But we've actually got a Cowboys team that's lost a few and a Titans team that um, was able to put a lot of points on the Storm last week. Um, what do you think about this one? Graham, I really want to tip the Titans. Um, <laughs> I have to convince myself, but uh, I tipped him last week. It's not week. an easy thing to do, is it? <laughs> it's not. Um, it's not because it just so many inconsistencies, even within the, the same game for for the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, they won last week. I think the team that played them got 34 points. From memory, um, they got thirty-eight. So uh, there's still question marks about their defensive capabilities. Um, particularly, Brian Kelly came back last week. He does some good things in attack, but his his defense is not. You know, it's not. He's not one of the better defensive centers in the NRL. Let's say. Um, I do like. I do like the look of the team on paper. Um, they're going to miss Verrills. He wasn't there last week, but he's going to be out for a couple of months, at least is what I heard. He needed an operation on his injury. So he's a massive loss because I, I rate him highly. Um, they, they, uh, they've got plenty of attack in them. Um, and, and the Cowboys were, they were poor. Last week, uh, going down to the Warriors by quite a bit. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to tip the Titans. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, everything about me says, you know, the Cowboys are not going to lose again. Um, but why not? They, they did it for me last week. The Titans. I'm going to. Stick my neck out and potentially get it chopped off, but uh, without any, you know, great, 
confidence. Um, I I won't be able to watch this game. I'm, I'm working at the election on on Saturday, but I'll be keen to uh, to have a look at the the mini on KO when I get home. Uh, Graham, who do you think? Uh, this is a tough one. I, I think I'm going to take the safe option here, and if there is a safe option, and just go with the Cowboys because they're at home. Um, uh, it, I, I can't give a lot of insight as to why, though. That's that's a difficult thing. Um, I'm more going off the fact that I'm waiting for the Cowboys to come good because I had such big expectations for them this year. I was really excited about how they would go. I mean, obviously, as you said, with, without the likes of, you know, say, drink water in their team, that's that's a massive loss for them. And I think they're starting to realise just how much of an impact um, he had. But they're the type of team... I think this will be a huge forwards battle this game. This is going to be an absolute... Oh, two great-looking packs on paper. They are two phenomenal packs, two big packs. And... Um, I, I just think that if um, yeah, if, if, if players like Val Holmes can get in, involved in it, there might be some points there. This one's really tight. I just I just don't know if I'm game enough to, to tip the, the Titans to go back-to-back, and it's in Townsville, so I think I'll, I'll go a bit safer and go with the Cowboys in this one, but not a lot of confidence. You're going the right way, uh, I, I'm, but I'm going to stick with the... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a... Uh, yeah. It's, it's not. Got, it's not. Crazier things have happened. Uh, true. It's not. It's not. True. It's not outrageous. I mean, yeah. That. I, I think you were, you know, going further out on a limb. It's, last it's week. the no drink water. Um, yeah. It, That's huge. Yeah. yeah I don't know well, if we've talked cool enough about. Yeah. I don't know if we've talked about the impact he has uh, enough on this Cowboys team, and I. I. I don't know. I mean. We know that that's had a massive impact on on where they are, and I don't know if everyone else has has made that connection as much as they need to between Drinkwater and the Cowboys' success. But uh, yeah, I'll go Cowboys this week. But uh, if they lose this week, um, I think they're in a bit of strife. Oh, absolutely. Then we're moving on to the third game of Super Saturday. Uh, this one was the game we mentioned earlier, uh, the Rabbitohs hosting the Seagulls at Accor Stadium. Um, this will be the South Sydney Rabbitohs' first game at Accor Stadium this year, first at home. Um, so they'll be looking forward to having a home game finally this year. First home game in round four. Uh, and obviously this is going to be that game that they're going to pay tribute to um, the late great John Sattler. Uh, for the Rabbitohs, uh, they've got Blake Taff named this week at 14. Um, last week he was 18th man. They went with the four forwards on the bench. Uh, interesting to see which way they go this week and whether that changes just before kickoff. They've also got um, Saluka Fafita coming straight into the starting side. Uh, Jacob Host also back. I think it's his first game since round 10 last year. So he's missed a lot of football. Um, timely return for, for the Rabbitohs, given that Hame Sele's out with a concussion, Shaq Mitchell out with a foot injury, and Tavita Totola out for a knee injury. So uh, the forward depth really getting tested at the Rabbitohs. Um, for the Seagulls, um, 
They've got no changes, I think, to the side from last week. Had a couple of players that uh, got put on report and took fines. I think um, Josh Alloway was one of those. Um, Perceval was Ole. the other one. Yeah, Oshay Ole, uh, just a fine. Um, so Ole, Ole. They've got a fairly settled team, the Sea Eagles. Um, six points after three rounds. Uh, they're, they're doing as well as they could possibly do. Um, big matchup here, not only Seagulls versus Rabbitohs, but uh, something that was brought to my attention earlier in the week. This is the first time, I think, in five years that uh, Latrell Mitchell and Tom Trebojevic have played against each other in club football. So, wow. uh, yeah, it hasn't happened for a long time. It'll be the first time that Trebojevic has faced Mitchell um, in a red and green jersey. Big game this one for the uh, the hamstring cup, or the hamstring cup. Yeah, the um, the winner the winner gets the uh, gets the center spot in the Origin team. It's the Origin yeah, Center Cup. Yeah, the hamstring dodgy hamstring cup. Yeah, um, yeah well, and, and both players. Yeah, they're 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 coming to a core stadium uh, via the USA in a hamstring rehab. Big players. Um, not only those two, but there's big players across the park. Obviously, with you know Manly. They've got Cherry Evans um, in the side. Uh, even you mentioned earlier the importance of Josh Schuster to this side. Um, the Manly Seagulls, do you see them going eight points after four rounds and the Rabbitohs sitting on only two? Or do South Sydney bounce back after their loss last week? Graham, I'm a little bit uh, like I was for the last game. Um the conservative nature inside of me says I should be tipping South Sydney, but I just—I'm actually going to tip Manly. Yeah. Um. Again, I'm not—I'm not confident. What I do know about Manly is—is is their attack is—is uh, is pretty, pretty hot. Um. Their defense, we you know, we've got I've got question marks about their defense, and um, uh, the battle of the sixes, uh, Cody Walker up against Josh Schuster, um, is going to uh, be be very interesting. Um, two very different body shapes, but two of the most gifted uh, for skill in the NRL. Um, Schuster did some amazing things last week in attack. Um, but, yeah, he was found wanting a few times in defense. So, um, Souths are a team that, uh, if you're not on point in defense, they'll they'll find, uh, they'll find you out. Um, yeah, um, again, I'm, I'm really I'm a little bit disappointed. I won't, I won't see this match live being a Saturday night game. I'm... Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm almost tempted if you know if I can stay awake just to watch a replay when I get home. But uh, uh, for me, I think this is the match of the round. Um, uh, are you going to the game, Graham? Or? Yeah, the plan is to to head down to the game, and pretty pretty excited to have a a home game. It's we haven't had one yeah. yet, so it'll be. Well, um, I think that might be. 
sorry. Might have been uh, related to the uh, the concerts that happened at a core mm. um, having to you know replace the the playing surface. So um, uh, I think it's a big I'm assuming you got to take rabbit holes. Yeah, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was I was actually um, thinking before this. I was looking at this before we came on tonight, and who I was going to tip, and I I I said in in my head that I would communicate to the uh, the listeners that if I didn't have a vested interest in this game, and I just purely looked at form and tipped with my head, I'd I'd go Manly. I I actually think that Manly are in better form. Um, the only thing that might Help us out here. I mean, you know when the tipping sheet comes out that the Rabbitohs are going to be next to my name. The only thing was after last week's game with the the Eels, I looked at the amount of points that Manly leaked. And my first thought was, if Manly defend like that against South, South can score points. But I don't see South Sydney leaking the amount of points that Parramatta did. I You're think right. the the key to this game is going to be Manly's defence because I think South Sydney, regardless of some of those key players that are out, South Sydney do defend well. And it usually, you know, they're the type of team that against good teams, they might let in two or three tries. We saw that against the Roosters. We saw that against Penrith. They're not the type of team that that concedes six tries. Whereas looking at Manly last week, um, I, I have a feeling that if they defend like they did against Parramatta, South Sydney could score five or six tries. And I don't see South leaking five or six. I see them leaking maybe three or four. And I, that's 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 basically where I think that South Sydney might uh, get the win. I see them winning, you know, 28-18, something like that. You know, like a five tries to, to three sort of yeah, situation. Yeah. I just think that Manly really need to tighten up their defence because especially if South do get a couple of tries and get, get confident, um, then it, it could be uh, very difficult for Manly. But um, South have to win that forward battle. I've been saying it every week. I just worry about the depth of South Sydney in the forwards and the extra work that the likes of Kalamatangi and Murray have to do uh, given the change in rotation. Um, yeah, I'm still not even convinced that Blake Taft plays 14. I I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they put a fourth forward on the bench. Who that is, I, I don't know. Um, I still think it's too early for Tellus Duncan. He was, uh, he's been 18th man already this year. But um, yeah, South, I'll, I'll, I'll go South. I'll go South in this one. Yeah. Uh, Sunday afternoon at uh, Mount Smart Stadium in New Zealand, the Warriors will host the Bulldogs. Intriguing matchup this one, Griffo. The Warriors have Chan's nickel clock state coming back from his head knock. Uh, he missed last week's win, so uh, they're coming off a win and getting a boost with one of their uh, key players coming back into the side. Um, Jackson Ford also returning from a head knock. He's uh, going to be in the second row. And uh, Josh Curran, I've also noticed he's number 18. So um, every possibility that he might be a contender to play this week. Uh, as you'd imagine, at the Bulldogs coming off a win. 
Um, Cameron Serraldo is going to stay solid with the 17 that got the job done last week. They hung on against the Tigers. Um, the other interesting thing here, reserves. We've got um, Braden Burns named at number... Well, he's in number 19. They don't have a number 18 here for whatever reason. But um, it'd be interesting to see who's that 18th man if it was to come into play. I think Josh Reynolds was in that role last week. So Braden Burns coming uh, back into the squad, albeit in the uh, 18th man role. Interesting game, this one. Warriors coming off a win. Dogs coming off a win. Dogs having to travel over to New Zealand. What impact do you think that travel has on a team going to New Zealand? And... Is the home ground advantage going to be enough for the Warriors to go back-to-back? That's a really tough game for me to tip, Graham. Um, the Bulldogs have won two in a row, but the Warriors, have, they've won two of their three, and, and they you know, were more than competitive against the Roosters. Um, at, at first thought, I, I was thinking Bulldogs, Um they're still going to be suffering a little bit of the effects of, of playing on that uh, stinking hot Sunday afternoon. Add to that, you know, they do then have to travel to uh, to Auckland for this game. Um, so their, their preparation uh, is, is probably not going to be quite as ideal as, um, as what it might be for the Warriors. But... Uh, you know, they they had to go to Townsville last week, so they're doing some travel of their own. But that's uh, uh, a tough one. Um, first instinct is 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 Bulldogs, uh, and I'm going to stick with that, but with not a lot of confidence, given that the Warriors are, are looking quite solid this season. Something that we've not been able to say for some time. Um, Coach Webster has, has done a good job with these boys. Um, I, I do think, though, uh, that the Bulldogs' backline um, looks good. They've got Viliami Kikau, who set up a lovely try, I think, early in the game last week for uh, for Hayes Perham. Um, a question, Graham, because I, I, I don't know... So I didn't actually watch the game as such, most of it anyway. Um, they had Jaden Ockenbore listed at 14 last week. Did did he take that role and take the field? Was in, I've only watched the highlights and I didn't see him there. Um, that's a good question. I'll find out for you. I'm just trying to remember if I saw... Saw him as a part of that squad because he was named at fourteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's he was named at fourteen. I don't remember seeing him play. I think he was named at fourteen, but didn't come on the field. I don't remember seeing him in the game. Look it up now, actually. Um. Um. Yeah, because I think they actually played with three off the bench from remem- from memory. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking at here. It's just it's got his name there at fourteen interchange, but no time on the field. 
And and you look at it, it's interesting too the way the dogs do this because we've talked about forward rotations of other teams and big minutes from, from forwards. They've got a hooker in Reed Marnie that can play 80 minutes. I'm sure Viliami Kikau played 80 minutes. And the other player who's doing a lot of work that we haven't really talked about a lot, who I think played 80 minutes, is the other back rower, Jacob Preston. Yeah. Well, um, the, the bench players, they had Waddell, 40 minutes, New Brown, 39 minutes, and Jaden Tanner, 13 minutes. Um, Ockenbore, nothing. And it says 21, it's got replacement. Josh Reynolds, nothing as well. Um, so yeah, he know. was the 18th man, so to speak. Yeah. Okay, but did so they have effectively a played HIA or anything like that? No, he was 18th man, but he didn't come into play. He wasn't enacted. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, so they effectively, okay, well, yeah, two they bench players and then a, another bloke with 13 minutes. Like they 35 degree heat. That's very plus, interesting, you know? isn't it? So it just shows, yeah, I mean, we'll yeah, give some credit for their fitness. But I couldn't understand. I said it last week. I couldn't understand why they had a winger in Ockenbore. Uh, on the bench and and he didn't play. Uh, that's strange from the coach. I think uh, mm-hmm. um, they might have a better option somewhere that you could actually use. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, strange guy to be wearing fourteen. I've got to say, and uh, but they did win the game. But uh, they've they've gone the same way again this week. Yeah. Hmm. Gosh. I'm going to tip the Bulldogs anyway. Um, Yeah. I'm just thinking here who I'm going to tip. I'll go Bulldogs. I can see a lot of people in the tipping comps around the country tipping the Warriors in this one. And understandably, the Warriors have been good and they're at home. So... um... I just think that the Dogs... I like the dogs. I mean, I know the Warriors... I was actually surprised that the Warriors got that win last week. I was actually surprised that that, uh, that occurred. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go the dogs with this one. I actually think they've been playing some good football. I think it's just about them putting it together in in more consistent... Uh, yeah, not doing it in patches, being more consistent throughout the whole game, I should say. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll go the dogs in this one. I think I think it's going to be a good game. Though I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, okay, so our next game on Sunday, the second game will be at four o'clock. So this is the first week too. I just noticed there that there's a two o'clock game, two o'clock, four o'clock. Okay, so there's no Sunday. There is a Sunday night game though. Um, there is. So yeah, we've got the two o'clock, four o'clock. And the six o'clock game, but the four o'clock game will be the Knights hosting the Raiders. Um, McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle will be the venue for this one. Uh, for the Knights, probably the biggest name I can see there that is a possibility of coming back. Um, they've named Tyson Prezel in number 22 this week, so keep an eye on that one. Um, you never know whether there's a late inclusion. We know these days they've got to announce them if there are any chance. So uh, keep an eye on that one. Um, Greg Mars, who takes over the wing spot from Dominic Young. 
Uh, Leah Thompson moves from lock to prop. Hetherington goes to bench. Kurt Mann is back from a shoulder injury, and they're expecting him to play at lock. Um, for the Raiders, Josh Papali'i uh, recovered from a calf injury. He's up for his first game of the year, so Gula goes back to the bench. Trey Mooney to the reserves. Uh, Wolford replacing Levi in the starting lineup. Uh, I think Denny Levi's got a, um, that jaw injury. I think it's a broken jaw. Yeah, broken it? jaw, yeah. So, um, yeah, you'd imagine that would be a, a pretty long recovery for uh, for Denny Levi. So, Lost um, a few teeth. Uh, they had the official after the game out there looking for the teeth. Uh, couldn't find him. Oh, goodness. <laughs> they'll, they'll true, show, true story. Yeah. They'll show up in the mulching bag of the uh, the lawnmower later on this week. But um, yeah, you know, all the best to him. I know we we always uh, no, make light of this, but it's, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's it's not a good thing. Like poor guy's broken jaw, he's lost his teeth. Um, yeah, he wouldn't be feeling real good at the moment. And you know, knowing he's out for you know, an extended period as well. So wish him well with his recovery. Definitely. And we've got the Raiders coming off that win against the Sharks last week. Um, they travel up to Newcastle. They've got a bit of a road trip. So be interesting to see how they, um, whether they continue that. And the Knights looking to, to bounce back this week as well. So uh, another interesting matchup here in Newcastle. Yeah. Um I got to tip Canberra uh, simply because the Knights are really struggling um, with injuries and suspensions. Um, they got the win against the Tigers, a courageous win, and then uh, last week uh, they went down to the Dolphins. Um, Raiders, the, as you mentioned, uh, big in for them is, is Josh Papali'i. Um, I think they build on their win from last week and uh, we'll get the job done against the Knights who, um, you know, they're, they're, they'll show plenty of guts and ticker. But I just think uh, if you look at on paper, the Raiders probably have have the better team. Um, and I'm going to stick with them, Graham. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm tipping the Raiders in this one. Uh, haven't been super impressed with the Knights, and any time they show that there might be, you know, a glimmer of hope, they um, yeah, they just uh, they just don't feel like a consistent team for me, and it's it's really frustrating because they do have some real talent in that side. I mean, when you look at uh, Bradman, Best, Dan Gagai, we know what they're capable of. We know what Lachlan, Lachlan Miller can do. Um, they do have a few players coming back this week, and they are at home. But I actually thought the Raiders were good. I think the Raiders last week, they'll they'll get a big boost out of that uh, win. You got Papali'i coming back into the side as well, so I think the Raiders are um, a prime for another win here, and uh, they'll continue their their good run from last week. <laughs> Okay, so now we have the uh, final game of the round, the Dragons taking on the Sharks. So this one will kick off at quarter past six on Sunday evening. Um, For the Dragons, um, Toby Couchman, he's back in the side after his head knock um, in his debut game against the Titans in round two. 
Uh, let me just have a look here. Uh, Molo's making way for that. Aaron Woods and Amon are listed in the reserves, but uh, they were also in the reserves last week, so I don't think many people will be expecting them to uh, play. The big news for this one, um, finally we see Nico Hines' name to return from that niggling calf injury that's uh, kept him out of the season thus far. Um, Braden Trindle on the interchange bench, he also had uh, some concerns with an ankle after last week's game, so not sure whether he'll be good to go. Um, Obviously, um, on the reserves there, Connor Tracy, um, Jack Williams also there if they're looking for uh, someone to take that spot and play that uh, that role off the bench, the more utility role. Um, Dragons last week, uh, they, they they were right in that game with Brisbane, but then they, they fell off at the end. Um, they have been um, in patches showing some form, but overall I think people have been disappointed. And the Sharks, I think they'll be looking to make amends for last week's game against the, the Raiders, which a lot of people didn't expect them to lose. Plus, um, young Nicholas Hines uh, lining up at number seven, I think is going to be a big plus for them. Oh, no doubt. Um, I have to tip the Sharks this week. Uh, Dragons, yeah, they, they they were good for, for 70 minutes. Uh well, pretty good actually for seventy minutes against Broncos, um, but uh, you know we saw the Broncos just too much class and, and sort of run away with it. Um, the inclusion of, of Hines is the difference uh, for the Sharks, uh, and also the fact that again that they're going to be a little bit desperate after only having one win and two losses to this point in the season. Um, they got this lovely uh, backline of. Will Kennedy, Kitoa, Raimi, and Talakai, and Mulitalo outside. Wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> and, oh, it's, it's a really classy um, backline uh, in attack. Um, and when you got uh, Nico Hines steering him around, uh, they're, a much, they're even you know, a better uh, lineup there. Um, Dragons, uh, you know, they're, they're one to five, uh, you know. Quite talented, also Sloan, uh, Fiona, Suli, Lomax, Ravalawa. There's mm-hmm. points in them, um, and they've got uh, probably. I think they've got the best player on the field in Ben Hunt. Um, but I just think uh, the Sharks, and this this is a, a local derby, and, and traditionally it don't matter where either side is on the table. It's always. Uh, hotly contested and sometimes the underdog uh, gets up um, I'm not by any stretch ruling out the St. George Illawarra Dragons I just think um, the Sharks after two losses are, uh, are going to be really uh, quite desperate and uh, I think uh, they've got a slight advantage in class so I'm going to go with them yeah I'm, I'm, I'm with you I think the uh, the Sharks are the team here um, I actually think this will be the the, the Sharks, you know, their big bounce back week. I think the inclusion of Nico Hines just adds so much more. It just opens it up and provides opportunities for those players you said. And and it, I, you could almost argue that it's it's one of the best back lines at one to seven of the Cronulla oh, yeah. Sharks. Sure. That, that's a phenomenal back line. 
Um, and I think just that addition of Hines there. I mean, he's the, the, the Daly M player of the year from last year. So it's it's not as though it's, um, you know, a bloke that you say, oh, yeah, he's, he's not too bad. He's, he's the best player in the game last year, according to the... Um, yeah. Uh, the voting system, so you've got to give them credit uh, there for um, for bringing him into the side this week, and I think that'll definitely get them um, not only over the line. I'm do I do I call it? Do I say that's possibly my? Oh, thinking about it. I'm thinking about that as the the Joker. I think that's the largest margin of the week. Um, I go write that on your form. Yeah, do it. Okay, yeah, go for it. I'll go sharks. Right. I'll go sharks, and I'll go sharks as my margin. I think that they're um, yeah, I think they're specials this week with Nico Hines back mm-hmm. in the day. Oh, yeah. I, I I I can't disagree. I, I do think they'll win. Um, yeah. but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna find your sheet. And I'm gonna write on the name sharks for round it's, four. It's locked in. It's all uh, it's all official, and that's the final game of the round. So. It's, you, you can tell how tight the competition is when we're you're sitting here and half of the uh, the two minutes of, of our tipping time is taken up by umming and ahhing because we just don't know who to tip. <laughs> it's true, yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit like that, isn't it? So uh, I'm really looking forward to this week. I think it's going to be an absolute belter of a round. Um, as always, it's been a pleasure being uh, on the podcast this week and... Um, yeah, I, I think this week the, the talk is obviously going to be about the, the game in Queensland on Friday night, but we can't dismiss. I, I have a feeling Friday morning around the water cooler, a lot of people are going to be um, talking about uh, the Parramatta-Penrith game. I think that's going to be a belter. You've got um, also, to the unknown there with how the storm's going to go against the Tigers. Um, we've got that South and Manly game, which is, is obviously going to be a bit of an indication as to each team's top four credentials. Um, yeah, so much to look forward to this week. So many big battles, so many massive games, and um, so many reasons to be excited about the footy. But um, I think that might just about do us this week, mate. Um Thanks again. Well, thank you, uh, listeners. Uh, big show and an even bigger round of NRL, uh, which kicks off in less than 24 hours from now. Enjoy. Yeah. Have a good weekend, everyone. Bye. I don't have time.